There are several passages of scripture that are before you. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews also chapter 10. And I'm going to deal with verses 32 through 39 there. Psalm number 40. And of course, I will give you other passages as we go along. But last week, we talked about anxiety and how anxiety sometimes gets the best of us. Amen. How worry overtakes us. And in this sermon series where we're dealing with just very practical messages, today's message is about patience. Amen. It's about patience. Come on, shout patience. Amen. Patience, patience, patience. But not just an approach to waiting on the Lord and patience. I want to talk about things that can impact our patience. I'm already patient sometimes, but sometimes I move from patience to impatience. You remember the man who brought his son to Jesus. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Turn to your neighbor. I'm patient. I'm patient. But sometimes I get a little impatient. I want to talk about the things that are impacting our patience today. I know patience is a virtue. I know you've been taught that all of your life. And you've been taught patience is a virtue. But I want to talk about how your patience is impacted and how we can continue to be patient even in situations where it seems hard and difficult. Amen? Sermons on waiting can be difficult. And... We have to be careful that we don't put people in a posture of permanent waiting that gives empty promises and not teach them how to wait and also to encourage them in the wait. And then also to help us to understand what's impacting our waiting. Because sometimes you can wait, ushers, you all be seated. But you can wait in such a manner that there's something outside of you that's impacting your waiting. It's not always you. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. See, you thought it was you all the time. But I want to share with you that it's not always you that's interfering with the process. Because you've been judging yourself and thinking, what's wrong with me that I'm not getting this waiting thing right? Because I know patience is a, you've heard it so many times in your life. And you have been taught all of your growing and walking with the Lord that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. But what happens to us is that we can wait. And sometimes as we are waiting, there are external factors impacting our internal process. And so today, as I look at this, this particular sermon in a very practical manner, I just want to walk through those things and encourage us because I believe they're worth exploring. Amen? And so look at Hebrews chapter 6 with me. Hebrews chapter 6. And the title of this sermon, if you had to give it a title, is Patience and the Pursuit of God's Promises. Patience and the Pursuit of God. I'm pursuing the promises, but how do I maintain that patience that I need while in pursuit of God's promises? All right, so I want us to look at that. So Hebrews chapter 6 is my first passage of Scripture, so I want to look at this uh, very carefully and begin there at verse 10. Once you have it, say amen. Y'all going to have to talk loud. It's raining outside. Amen? Yeah, if you say amen, the people won't know I'm talking to you. Amen? All right, you got it because it's on the screen. There it is. All right. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, 
which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Stop right there. You need to know the perspective of God when it comes to your waiting process. You see, you need to know that you're not serving a God who is unjust or who has forgotten about your labor of love. The thing that most of us forget is God's perspective when it comes to our weight. We think the weight has only to do with us, but you need to know that it would be unjust of God for you to have served and done what he told you to do, and then he forget about you. So you need to know God has not forgotten. Come on, talk to me. God has not forgotten. And not only has he not forgotten, he is not an unjust God who would not give you what he said he was going to give you. And so if he said it, that settles it right there. That's the shouting news of the text already because what most of us forget is is that when the Lord makes a promise, he is going to fulfill his word in your life and nothing can happen to you until that promise is fulfilled. And where most of us need to focus our attention is on the fact that even while we are waiting, he is still preserving and taking care of us and sustaining us in a waiting posture. Somebody should have got real glad because the reality of it is, is even if you're waiting right now, guess what? He's keeping you alive for the promise that he's already ordained. He set something up in your life and he said, look, in the process of you going from where you are to where I want you to be, I'm going to take care of you every step of the way. And what I love about this particular text is not only is this his perspective, he knows what you have done, he knows what you are doing, and he is not unjust to forget that. If you could pull up for me as it comes down. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, Psalm 35, verse 27. It says something very powerful in that verse. Let me see if I can get it real quick for myself. Uh, here's what it says. It said, let them uh, shout for joy uh, and be glad that favor my righteous cause. So anybody who's doing God's work, you ought to be shouting for joy. Tell me, let me tell you why you ought to be shouting for joy. It says you ought to be shouting for joy. Let them continually say the Lord be magnified which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Did you get that? Did you get that? Did you get the fact that God has pleasure in your prosperity? Did you get that? Did you see the fact that God gets happy about the good stuff that goes on in your life? Did you see that? He said, let them that do the Lord's work go ahead and shout in advance and let them continually say that I got a good God on my side and that he is happy about my prosperity. God is never happy about bad things happening to his children. He's always excited when blessings come into your life. Can I help you know where blessings come from? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights above. And he is the giver of good and perfect gift. And so if my father is the one who's in charge of blessing and he's happy for me to have it, you ought to be shouting glad that you are still doing his work. The good news about this text is that, look, he said, you, you got to get a perspective. What messes us up in waiting seasons is we've lost perspective of God. We have lost perspective that God loves us too much to see us sad and messed up. He wants to bless us. You ever got happy about doing something good for somebody else? I ain't enough of y'all to say amen. I said, did you ever get happy? about doing something good for somebody else. It cost you something, but you didn't count what it cost you. You did it for them, and it made you happy. Can I give you a model of somebody who did that? 
the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. Jesus endured the cross. Can I get about 10 witnesses in here? He knew what he was doing. It cost him his life, but he said, I love you so much. I'm going to go ahead and do that just for you. Do I have any witnesses in here? Do I have any mothers in here who's ever had to sacrifice for your children? You did not count what it cost you. You were just glad to do it. Do I have any fathers in here who don't mind getting up, going to work every day, and you don't worry about what it cost you? You do it because you love who you're doing it for. 35 and 7 of the Psalms say, He, he, he is, it's his pleasure. It's his pleasure. I told you last week what, what, when it means, when the Bible started talking about the pleasure of Jesus and the pleasure of God, it means he's happy to do it. It means he's smiling on you. I like that because when you lose perspective, you will think that the weight has more to do with you. But the weight is that God is keeping you even in the weight. Now, what can happen to us while we're waiting? Here's the teaching part of the lesson. It's often a matter or perspective, not beyond the loss of perspective, of where you are and who you're with. Lord, help me in here. Things that can impact your weight. Well, number one is who are you waiting on? David said, I waited patiently on the Lord. Please make sure you're not waiting on people to deliver heavenly blessings into your life. I like that. Some of y'all should have said amen. See, because you've been waiting on folk to do for you what God, only God can do. You can buy my dinner, but you can't be my joy. Do I have anybody in here? Jesus is the center of my joy. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? You restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That's where my joy comes from. And too many of us are waking up looking at other folk and for other folk to do for us what heaven is in charge of. I ought to have somebody in here. If you need healing, you go to the hospital. But when you want it to really work, you pray to your God who is in heaven. I ought to have somebody in here who know what I'm talking about. When you need deliverance, you talk to your counselor, but you know it is God who's the glory and the lifter up of my head. Who am I talking to in here? Can I help somebody in here? Whatever you need is from the Lord. Even though it works through sources, it has to come from God. I waited patiently on the Lord is what he says. And what we got to learn how to do is wait on the right person. Uh, many times what happens to us, we waiting on the wrong one. Tell somebody, you might be waiting on the wrong one. Amen. Who you waiting on? Who you waiting on? Who you waiting on? Who you he, David says to us very clearly in Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently on the Lord. And when you can learn how to wait on the Lord, he will come to you and come to your aid. Well, just four quick points, and I'm going to go back and expand on them very quickly. The first one is you got to understand who you're waiting on, the person I'm waiting on can impact your weight because when you're waiting on the wrong person, when you're waiting on the wrong person, it's going to be a long wait, amen. When they're trying to deliver stuff that they're not equipped to deliver, amen. When him trying to make you happy and her trying to make you happy, that ain't going to work, amen. I mean, him and her can be a part of your happiness, but they can't deliver your joy, amen. And if you're looking to him or her to make you whole, they definitely can't do that. Can I help about 10 of y'all in here? If you're looking for money to make it right, money ain't going to never make it right. Amen. Contentment comes from the Lord. You can be broke and be as content as all get out. Amen. I ought to have about 10 more witnesses in here. Amen. 
But the second thing you need to understand is the place that I'm waiting in. Uh-huh, uh-huh, the place that I'm waiting in. Now, it's about to get deep in here because what happens to some of us is that we wait in the wrong places. Ushers lock the doors. When you're waiting on godly blessings, you can't be waiting in ungodly places. What happens to too many of us is we want to be in God's will. And we want to ask God to, to send his blessings into our lives. But I need to help you in here. God does not send his blessings into places that he has not commanded you to be in. You need to get this because if you look at what happens when he gets ready to bless Abraham, he said, first thing, Abram, get up out of the country where you're in and the house where you are and go to the place that I'm going to show you and there I will bless you. Press rewind, Pastor, go back one more time. Abram, get up out of where you are and go to where I'm going to show you. You don't even know where I'm sending you, but I'm not going to bless you where you are. Leave the surroundings that you're in because there's something about the place where you are that I have not commanded my blessings to go to. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse number 8. The Lord shall command his blessings to overtake you and fill your storehouses in the land that I'm going to show you. But until you leave where you are and go to where God tell you to go, the blessing ain't going to find you. And the reason you can't wait is that you're waiting in the wrong place. you in the in the break room talking down the building, but you're trying to get promoted in the building. And until you get it right, you're never going to get the blessing. You got to get up out of those unblessed territories and go to where God tells you to go. Sometimes that's the change of the posture of heart. Uh -huh, too many of us are waiting in places God didn't tell us to wait in. You waiting at the airport. And God told you to go down to the river. You waiting on your ship to come in at Amtrak. Ships don't go to Amtrak, baby. Only trains run there. You need to go where God tells you to go. Now going where God tells you to go means sometimes you got to leave some people in places where God don't want you to be. Come on, talk to me in here. Verse number 12 of Hebrews chapter 6, look at what it says. Be not slothful, get up and go do it. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So in other words, look at and look for someone who's already gotten up and gone to that place and do what they did and follow the folk who are in the blessed pattern of the Lord. Y'all gonna catch it in a minute. Because what happens to some of us is we try to hang out with folk because they cool and they popular, but cool and popular ain't nothing with the Lord. I wish I had about 10 witnesses in this house on the day. It's a highway up to heaven, but none can walk up there but the pure in heart. The Bible said the way to destruction is broad but narrow is the way that leads under life if you want what God got for you it might not be a whole lot of people on that road but it's better to be on the narrow path following God than to be on the broad path following everybody else and here's what we end up doing and look the, the place where we are impacts our ability to wait 
uh, in, in, in a place, in, in the wrong place, you run to the wrong thing. Ah. If you're waiting in the wrong place, you run to the wrong things. You get exposed to some things you never would have been exposed to. Uh, 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 if you're waiting in the wrong place, you run to the wrong people. If you're waiting in the wrong place, you encounter some people you probably never would have encountered if you had not been in that place. Y'all looking at me strange. Can I bring Big Mama to church today? Birds of a feather flock together. Real simple theology. Uh, if you go somewhere, who, where you go will determine who you meet. Who you meet will impact the way you think. The way you think impacts what you do. And what you do will ultimately determine where you end up in life. Press rewind one more time. Where you go determines who you meet. Who you meet impacts the way you think. The way you think has an outcome in your life. And the outcome ultimately determines where you end up in life. Let me press rewind and go one more time. Go to the crack house, you meet a crackhead. You meet a crackhead, they're going to influence you to do crack. You do crack, you're probably going to get in trouble. You get in trouble, your likelihood of being the president just went down by 50%. Y'all going to catch that in a minute. Wherever you go has an impact on the outcomes of your life. And so in your waiting season, you cannot wait among everybody in every situation. Because they are impacting the way blessings enter into your life. It's not you. It's the stuff around you. Because it's determining how you act. You are a patient person. More patient than you realize. You're a godly person. More godly than you ever thought. But here you are seated among those who are not. Uh, you can't sit in the tent of the wicked and expect God's blessings to show up in your life. The psalmist helps us with that. Many of the scriptures guide us in that particular direction. But here's what you got to do. You got to get in place. Tell your neighbor, get in place. But then you got to get among the right people. Lord, help me in this house. Get among the right people. Anybody in here know where the right people are in your life? I like this because what it helps me to understand is, is that I can't follow along with everything and everybody in my life. I got to get that. I got to get that. Please get that. I can't not follow along with everything and everybody. When I go the places that everybody else goes and I do what everybody else does, I'm going to get what everybody else got for the most part, and I'm going to end up in the same situation. It's a rare person that can rise above the negative circumstances. If you look very carefully in this particular text, it says, look, but follow be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Here's what I like about Lot in the Bible. Uh, when God told Abram to get up and go and he was going to bless him, Lot has sense enough to go with Abram. Now here both of them leave broke as all get out. They ain't got nothing. And here Abram is, he gone, he following God through faith and through patience, and Lot just goes everywhere that Abram goes. But if you keep reading, every time Abram got an increase, Lot got an increase. Uh-huh, can't none of y'all shout about that because you think the increase need to come in your name and the check need to come in your name. But tell somebody, as long as the bank cashed the check and I'm sitting at the table, everything all right with me. I ain't got to have my name on the check as long as the check 
check, get this burst around this joint. I'm good with that. I ain't got to be the highest paid as long as I get paid. High five your neighbor, somebody. Do I have anybody in here that don't mind being in a blessed crowd? Amen. I ain't got to be the lead one getting blessed, but as long as I'm getting blessed, thank God for that. I wish I had some most shouting folk in here with me today. Quit tripping about the fact that your name ain't on the sign, and thank God there is a sign, and you operate under the sign, and every time the sign get a check, and the check get cashed, guess what? We all going to the bank. Here's what Lot did. Lot went with Abram everywhere he went. Everywhere Abram went, Lot was there. Where you going, Abram? I'm going with you. Abram, where are you going? I don't know. God just told me to go. Okay, I'll be right there. But Lot, I don't even know where I'm going. That's all right, Uncle Abram. You can't go by yourself. You need somebody to know how to operate the GPS. You're too old. I can help you. Until they get to a point where the Lord had blessed them so much that the land was too small for them to occupy the same space. Everybody interprets that as a falling out in the scripture. But sometimes we just falling out because we got to get away from each other. I got so much and you got so much. We just need to take yours over there. Tell somebody that's a pretty good falling out right there. The reality of it is, is that they got to a point where he had so many cattle and he had so many cattle that they had begun to mix in the same land. And he said, here, you go east and I'll go west. If you go north, I'll go south. But I don't want you to misunderstand that. Wherever either one of them went was still a blessed place because God had blessed them both. I wish I had somebody in here. He said, if you go north, it's a north blessed land. And if I go south, it's a south blessed land because God is the source of the blessing." And so what happens in the waiting posture, in the patient's posture, is that you got to learn who to hang out with and where. Oh, it's raining. I can take my time. Y'all don't like walking in the rain. Amen. <laughs> Record the rain so I can preach longer sometimes. Amen. <laughs> Here's what you got to understand in the waiting place, in the waiting place. Be careful not to take on the character of the people around you in the place when you're trying to hang out in that place. I used the illustration this morning with sensitivity to everyone in the room, but please understand it's just a biblical metaphor that I want to use. Do not try to offer up an alternative to God's blessing when you're in the waiting season. If God told you to wait on Isaac, Ishmael never will work. Ishmael is the alternative to get what you want and make it God's will. And if it's not God's will, it never will be God's will. If Isaac is what God told you was coming, then you got to learn how to wait on Isaac. But what happens to most of us in the waiting season is that we hang out with folk who have glamorized their situation and they've dressed it up to make it look like it's better than it really is and they put a bow on it and put some lipstick on it and fooled you into thinking that it was good and then you go out and do what they did and get what they got. But I need to help somebody in here. 
it ain't all it's cracked up to be. And if they learn how to wait on the Lord, there's something better for them. But don't you go and copycat nobody else over here. Just because she got a ring don't mean you need a ring. It might mean you need to get your fingernails painted. But don't worry about trying to replicate what somebody else has done because you have gotten impatient among people in a place that never were seeking God. One of the things the Hebrew writer says is that you got to be careful not to fall back into perdition as those whom were once apart, but they could not wait on the Lord. It was some folk that got impatient. Here's what they did. They said, I'm tired of all this wait. And when they got tired, they broke off and did their own little stuff. And they ran and did this. It, 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 when you get to chapter 10, you're going to see it is right there. He says in chapter 10, go there, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, next part of the text, but call to remember, remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly while you were made a gazing stock by the reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion on me and my bonds and took fully of the spoiling of your goods, knowing in your confidence that you have a better and enduring substance. Watch this. So in this space, verse number 35, don't cast away your confidence. See, what you came out with is a faith and a belief and a hope from the stuff that you've been through. I wish I had somebody in here. See, once you've been through it, you earned some badges while you were going through. I ought to have some folk in here that's got some badges that you've earned while you went through some of the stuff you went through. Uh, uh, one of the, the Boy Scout trips I went on with one of my sons, with my youngest son, we got an accidental polar bear badge. We, we became polar bears. And, and I said, what is this? It's any time you spend all night outside in temperature that's under 31 degrees and you survive. You got to build a fire. You got to have a tent. You got to survive. You got to do all this kind of stuff. We went out there. It was about 46 degrees. It was supposed to get down to 42 degrees. And all of a sudden, the wind shifted. Lord, help me in here. And when the wind shifted, the temperature dropped to 28 degrees. And they said, y'all can leave if you want to. Keenan said, no, nah, let's go and stay out here. But in the morning, they told us, you have earned a badge that you did not come out here for. Come real close to me. Some of y'all done earned some badges in your life that you didn't come for. You've earned some stuff in the Lord. You've earned some rewards in the Lord. Tell somebody, I didn't mean to cry like this. I didn't mean to go through this. But since God allowed it to happen in my life, and the fact that I survived it, I got confidence that he is able to commit that which I have committed unto him until the day of my redemption. There are some of us in here that's that earned some stuff. Tell somebody, I earned this. When I walk upright, when my heart is hurting, I earned this. When I learned how not to cuss folk out, tell somebody, I earned that. When I learned how to struggle and when I ain't got no money in my pocket and I keep on going, tell somebody, I earned that. When I tell somebody you're going to be all right, tell them I earned the right to say that because I know God can make it all right. I ought to have some witnesses in here today that don't mind waving your hand and shaking your neighbor's hand and tell somebody everything I got, I earned it because of what I've gone through. Not down here, but in the Lord. Touch your other neighbor. Tell them it didn't come easy either. It didn't come easy. Here's what he says. He says, look, look at this, chapter 10 again. Here's what he says. Call to remembrance. Think back. 
Go back in your mind. In which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. Tell somebody, I've been through too much not to worship him. I've been, I, I, I got, I've endured affliction. I'm a survivor, amen. I don't just wake up and get good looking every day. I've earned the right to look as well as I do. Because the enemy would have had it another way in my life. But since the Lord has blessed me, I decided to glorify him. I decided to get up and give him praise every day. Tell somebody I feel like going on. And when I feel like going on, that's good enough right there. I put my clothes on for a reason. I make myself look as best as I can for a reason. Because God has let me survive some things in my life. And everything the master has done for me, I'll give him praise for it. Here, here, here. The world is acquainted with what people who have lost everything look like. The world is acquainted with what addicted folk look like. You can see them a mile away and you can say something wrong with them. But can anybody look at you and because of what God has done for you, can they say something is right with you? Do I have any witnesses in here? When folks see you coming, they are not to necessarily know what God has done, but they ought to be able to say God has smiled on him. God has blessed him. Is there anybody in here that don't mind being a witness right now? Do I have any healed folk in here? Do I have any delivered folk in here? Do I have anybody who got up when life knocked you down? There's somebody I want to look like what God has done for me. Uh, see, when I was crying, you understood that. When I was crazy, you understood that. When I was broke, you understood that. But when I shout, you say, what's wrong with me? But tell somebody shouting is what I'm supposed to do. Psalm 35, verse 27. Bless the Lord because he wants to pleasure and give you all of his goodwill. Do I have any praisers in the house today? What does he say? Call to remembrance. You were once in a company of folk just like you. But then when he gets to verse 35, he said, don't cast your confidence away. What you came out with is precious. Ah! I wish I had some witnesses in here. I wish I knew somebody in here that came out of chaos and confusion and tell them I got some clarity right now. I know who I am. I know what he called me to do. I ain't got to have what you got. I ain't got to look like you look. But I know who I am and whose I am. And it's not what you call me. It's what I answer to. Do I have somebody? You better come out of what you come out of with an understanding of what God said to you. Well, here's what he does. He says, look, don't cast that away. Hold on to that. It has recompense of reward. 
In other words, when you get there, you're going to need to turn this in in order to get what God got for you. You're going to need that confidence to be able to open that box that's been waiting for you. You got to have something that entitles you to the privilege of possessing what God has in store for you. It is the seal of the spirit that's been stamped on your soul. It's like a coupon when you get to the counter of the grocery store. You done paid all you can pay with the money that you got in your pocket. But when you reach in there and pull that coupon out and give it to them, it says on the bottom of that coupon, redeemable for one of these right here. And when they give it to you, they make an exchange at the counter. I wish I had somebody in here that's going to exchange your trouble one day for a triumphant victory in the Lord. Collect your tears in a bottle if you got to, but take them to the master because you're tears are precious in the sight of God. Here's what I need you to get. Do not cast your confidence away. Don't you get in a mixed up group of folk with mixed up mindsets and forget about what God said to you. Now you got to understand something. The Lord says come ye out from among them. Huh? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says you get out. In other words, you can't hang out because this stuff you're hanging out with is messing with your ability to wait on me. These people are glamorizing some stuff that ain't true. It, don't, it ain't right. But your spirit is confused because you think they're being blessed by God. Uh, uh, come in real quick. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. They shall soon be cut off. You need to focus on delighting yourself in the Lord and seeking rest in him. He said, because if you're among evildoers, they're going to fool you into thinking that what they're doing is good and right. And you're going to mess around and start doing what they're doing. And you're going to miss what God has in store for you. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. But I got to help you. I got to keep a right perspective of what God truly wants from me. God wants to bless me. He takes pleasure in blessing me. I am not sitting in the corner on punishment with God. He wants to bless you. God's got a blessing with your name on it. And he ain't trying to hold it to Christmas. Because your last blessing ain't your last blessing. And your next blessing ain't your best blessing. It's just a blessing that God has for you. He got another one after he give you this one. But you got to get in position in the place to receive it. Have the right perspective about the one who's given it. And then be careful of the people who are influencing you while you're waiting patiently on the Lord. Can I give you one more and I'm getting out of your way? You got to be careful of the proclamation you profess while you're waiting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Well, you know what the words of your heart and the meditations, what the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart are, right? Is what you see and what you hear. 
And if you're hearing a mixed message, one minute, somebody you're hanging out with love the church. The next minute, you're hanging out with somebody who don't like the church. One minute, somebody you with love the pastor. The next minute, you're hanging out with somebody who hate the pastor. You're getting mixed messages in your life. And so you're trying to process mixed messages and the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart, what you're meditating on and what's coming out of your mouth is a mixed message. And God said, I ain't in the middle of blessing mixed messages. I'm blessing those who are on my team, on my side. I'm taking care of those who are 100% sold out for the master. And no matter what anybody else say, I'm on the Lord's side. I need to know who's on the Lord's side in here. Because on the Mount of Karma, when, when he called down fire, he said, look, those of you who want to serve those other gods, y'all going over there. He said, but if you're on the Lord's side, come stand over here and watch and see what the Lord going to do. And when you're clearly on the Lord's side, you may be in the minority, but you sure enough got the majority. God on your side and so here the profession is all based on what we said in the prior verses watch Psalm verse 40 I'm getting out of your way David said I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me all this time I thought I was pursuing him and getting to him. But I found out I got a God who leaning in my direction. The text said he inclined his ear to me. I'm praying, but he leaning over so he can hear my prayer. In other words, God want to hear my prayer. And he's so interested in my prayer, he leaning in my direction. Do I have anybody in here? that ought to just be glad of the image that God is leaning in your direction. In other words, he's just saying, what you saying? What is it that you say you want? I got my ear attuned to that. You know, when you want to hear somebody, you get a little closer to them. You will get in their situation. You will eavesdrop your ear hustle. When you hear them saying what they need, you start running your hand in your pocket to make sure they got what they need. And here's what the Bible said. He said, he inclined himself unto me and heard my cry. Watch this. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Tell somebody I was in a bad place. I know you won't say it, but I tell somebody I was in a bad place. In, in other words, the psalmist, I like him. He's transparent here. He said, look, I was in a rough situation. Now I don't know how he got there. I don't know how he got in that horrible pit. And I'm glad God didn't ask a whole lot of questions when he got there. Dave, How'd you get into this situation? What did you do? Were you doing this? I told you not to do that. Here's what I heard. I prayed. The Lord leaned in. He heard without praying. And the next thing I saw was a hand reaching down to me, getting me up out of what I was in. I know y'all can't shout with me. It's because ain't none of y'all been in a horrible enough place in your life. And you're trying to act like you've always had together like the 745 service. But see, I told them at the 1030 service, there's going to be some people in here that ain't just got out of a horrible pit. They still got a little bit stuck to the bottom of their shoes. And these are the folk that know how to praise the Lord because horrible ain't too many days behind them. See, y'all young. Y'all done went through some stuff recently. And because God has recently brought you out of some stuff, you need to go ahead and tell the Lord, thank you for being a God that'll bring you out. Do I have anybody in here that don't mind praising God right now? Tell somebody, I know what horrible look like. I know what horrible feel like. I know how much horrible costs. 
I know how horrible smell. I know what horrible is. And thank God he's not afraid of my horrible situation. And here's what he says. He brought me also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. I looked at that. Miry clay. My feet were stuck. I couldn't do it for myself. And in order to get out of my clay, I did the research up. Somebody got to get you out of it. But they can't just get you out of it. They got to show you what you do to, when you get out of it. Because if the footprints of the miry clay were leading in a particular direction, folk would track you down and wonder what you had done because of what you had gotten out of. But the Bible said he did not just get them out of the miry clay. He set them on a rock and established their goings. In other words, could nobody look back at my life and tell what I had been and what I had been through because the Lord cleaned me up and when he got me out of my situation. Is there anybody in here? Can I preach like the old school preacher? Is there anybody in here that's glad God got you up? Glad God got you out? Glad God cleaned you up? Glad God set you up? Shout, yeah! Won't he do it, somebody? Yes, he will! I got one more thing I need to give you, and I got to get out of here. Tell somebody I got a better perspective. I got a better place. I'm with some better people in a better situation. I'm processing my pursuit a whole lot better. But do I have anybody that's got a better praise? If you look at verse four, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 40, he said not only did he get him out, but in verse three he said he put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall also trust in the Lord. Tell somebody, I got a new praise over in Zion, and it's mine all mine, but it did not start when I get there. Tell somebody, I got some right now praise for a right now God. Is there anybody that can praise him with me? Won't you stand on your feet this morning? Tell somebody, it's not just me that's praising him, because if you look at this text, it started out that he brought me out. But by the time they got to the end, everybody was praising God. Tell your neighbor, I got a reason. You got a reason. We got a reason to give God praise. I'm finished. Watch this text. Remain standing. Here it is. I don't know if you noticed it said, but he put a, he got me out the clay. Set my feet on the rock and establish my goings. And when I told my testimony lesson, he put a new song in my mouth. Then it says, even praise unto our God. Now wait a minute, it's done shifted. It's done shifted from me to our. In other words, it started out what he's done for me. But when I tell my story, and you hear what he's done for me, you start saying, oh, shucks, man. You ain't the only one God done bless. Do I have anybody in here that can take your neighbor by the hand and tell him you're not the only one God been good to? 
You're not the only one he blessed. You're not the only one he woke up today. You're not the only one he's fed. You're not the only one he's keeping. You're not the only one he's making a way for. He's been good to you, but he's been good to me too. But it didn't stop right there. Look at what it said. When I start telling my story, praise happened to us. But it said many shall see it and shall fear and trust in the Lord. It says so when we start telling our story, I tell mine, you tell yours. We hook our stories up together. Other folk hear about it. They start saying, where your God at? Because I want your God to be my God. Is there anybody in here that's got enough joy to share with somebody? Tell somebody he been good to me. The more I tell my story, the better I feel, the more he reminds me of how far he brought me. Is there anybody in here that can bless the Lord with me? Give God praise. Has he done any good thing for you? Has he blessed your life? Has he blessed your soul? Say yeah! I'm done. Watch this and I'm finished. What's impacting my ability to be patient in this situation? I got to get a right perspective of God. He wants to bless you. It's yours. Why would he go through the why would he go through all this of putting the present under the tree if he didn't want you to have God is not a man that he should lie. Why would he even tell you if he wasn't going to do it? Don't lose perspective. He cannot lie. Psalm 35 and 7, he takes pleasure in doing it. <laughs> when I do things for my children, I stand back and I say, look at that. Because I take pride in it. I'm happy to be able to do it. I come from a generation that did the best they could. And now that God has enabled us to do a little bit more, just tell somebody more, I can do a little more. Anybody just glad God let you do more, amen? I said more, I didn't say more, I said more, amen? And you take pleasure in doing it. God takes pleasure in blessing you. But what's messing with that, what's messing with that? Maybe you're in the wrong place. Maybe you're trying to hang out and got one foot in both camps. You're trying to be friends with the friends of God and friends with the enemies of God. Can't happen, folks. It's not going to bless you like that. Come out, come out wherever you are. Come out from among them is what the scripture said. Get out of it. Quit playing with it. Go on, be all on the Lord's side. Where do you stand? Who's on the Lord's side? Just go ahead and make your declaration. You know what? I'm following with Jesus. I'm, I, I used to sing every Sunday. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. It was the only song I knew as a Sunday school superintendent, but I sung it until I got another song. 
but I was committed. They already knew what I was going to sing when I opened Sunday school up. I have decided to follow Jesus. I had to make that declaration because I came out of a place that was calling me back. I'm ministering to somebody in here right now. I had to make a decision to walk away from a world that was offering me more and more every day. But I was singing it for myself. I have decided to follow Jesus. I was reminding myself that I made a commitment to follow the Lord. You cannot dwell in the tents of the wicked and then receive the blessings of the Lord. You can't be with the wrong people because they're going to influence you the wrong way. And then you got to get a better praise. You can't complain about it all. David said, I was in a horrible situation, but the Lord gave me a new song. Maybe my old song don't fit my new place. And so the Lord says, look, I got to give you a new song because I'm taking you to a new place. I got to give you a new song. I got to give you a new song. I want to pray with you right now because I want you to receive Christ today. Father, in the name of Jesus. My worship in this place is for real. I didn't cast my confidence away. I've been through too much to exchange this for something soft and sweet and uh, a beautiful life of, of comfort but it's not in your presence. I know, I know. Folk want me to do this and do that and cop out. I ain't going to do it, God. I've learned how to suffer. I've suffered. That's what 1035 says, I've learned to endure. Now I just got to wait. My suffering season is over. My enduring season has passed. But I'm just waiting right now. Thank you that I survived my suffering season. Thank you that I endured that enduring season. But now, Lord, I'm just sitting here and I'm just patiently waiting on you. This is my serving season. This is my season to watch and see how it all unfolds. Thank you now. Can I worship you in the process of my waiting? Because my worship is for real. In Jesus' name, all of those who love the Lord said amen. Come on, give the Lord a great hand of praise in the house. Come on, bless his name. I mean to the top of your voice, give a hallelujah to the Lord today.